welcome to the Managing Team series from Speakin. Hope you're all safe and sound in your homes. We have a very special guest with us today. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Jim Mahalik. Welcome, Jim. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Well, thank you for having me. To introduce Jim, he is the author of two best-selling books, including his Amazon number one bestseller, IP Strategy. Jim advises his client executives and their leaders on developing strategic plans and shows them how to communicate the value of those plans as they architect a sensible path forward. Whether their challenge is IT-centric or broadly organizational, he helps them craft strategies that align with their core business metrics. He excels at this due to his strong professional pedigree, including leadership positions with four, big four consulting firms, executive positions with other firms, and two stints as CIO for complex manufacturing companies. Jim has extensive experience in IT strategy and governance, particularly in formulating strategies for global Fortune 1000 clients in various commercial industries. So Jim, um, we'll start with this. And uh, my first question to you is, what are some of the mission critical components that one should focus on in, the, in your field to survive through this phase? So I think, companies have to recalibrate their previous strategies, um, whether it's their business strategy or their IT strategy. Uh, the biggest challenge right now, I think, is uncertainty. We don't know when this is going to end. Here in the US, uh, we're, not, we're not certain when uh, the travel restrictions and the other restrictions will end. Uh, and I think that uncertainty creates, well, it creates a lot of anxiety. Uh, what things need to be addressed when we come out of this uh, I talk in the book uh, about recalibrating your strategy every year or so. Uh, I think that recalibration is going to be necessary at this time. Companies are going to have to reevaluate their cash position, certainly, find out where they stand uh, financially, uh, and then reevaluate those, those projects that were already in flight, make sure they still make sense strategically. Uh, and if they don't make sense strategically, then put together some adjusted strategy that makes sense for where they start today going forward. <clears throat> for many companies, it'll be a great time uh, to to gain market advantage where maybe their competitors are not in a strong cash position. If they themselves are in a weak cash position and can't move as quickly, uh, they're going to have to do some things um, differently, I guess, than the other competitors who are in a better position. So I think uh, as it relates to what they're going to have to do, many companies have laid off people during this time. They're going to have to reevaluate their staffing. Uh, do we bring all those people back or just some of them? Um, and if we are in a position to grow once this is lifted, are we going to bring back more people and in which particular positions? So I think both the staffing issue and then just the, the overall uh, strategic plan is going to have to be reevaluated and in many cases recalibrated. Absolutely. So according to you, I mean, when do you think the economy will be unlocked and return to a path of productivity? That's a tough question. I, um, I think there's both uh, concern at the governmental level to not act too quickly and continue to expose people. Uh, at the same time, from an economic standpoint, uh, faster is better. So you've got two conflicting uh, leadership uh, teams who are looking at this and both have the best interest of their countries and their employees at heart, but they have they come at it from different angles. Obviously the healthcare professionals want us to stay quarantined as long as possible to, to reduce and minimize the spread and hopefully eliminate the spread. Uh, business leaders obviously want to get back to work so they can um, restart their businesses and get things moving. So uh, when will it end? I don't think we know yet. Uh, that's the challenge of it. Sure. 
So, what are some of the mission critical components that leaders right now should focus on to survive until then? Well, I think we talked about that. We're going to have to look at uh, where they stand. Um, I mean, we don't know if this is going to end in June or if it's going to end in October. Uh, and so not knowing that, we don't quite know how how deep the the impact is going to be on various companies. You think about the airline industry. Um, they're going through great difficulty right now. They're obviously not flying as many passengers. They're they're changing routes and they're um, obviously all, they're, it, week by week they're recalibrating what they do so they can stay at least stay in business long enough to survive this until the economy re rebounds. What are their mission critical things? Well, obviously they've got lease payments to make on those airplanes. They've got union contracts to pay their employees. So they've got to evaluate how much of that they continue with week by week, month by month. Uh, I think it's that, that same equation is happening across all industries and all businesses. Um, what pieces do we have to continue going? Uh, this is the first of the month. Many companies have lease payments due on property. Uh, are they going to continue to lease those properties or are they going to default? Uh, if they default, what's the impact of that? Uh, so there's a lot, I think there's a lot of, uh, again, reevaluation and recalibration going on. And unfortunately, it's happening week by week. Yeah. So to what we're going to do when it comes out, I think we're going to have to first know how deep the cuts were that companies had to sustain to survive. And then once they figure those out, then they'll, they'll be able to kind of reevaluate and position themselves going forward. So what according to you are some of the challenges and the risks once the economy starts to rebound and you don't get back on its feet? Well, let's take this one example. I think the restaurant industry is another one. Right now, people are practicing social distancing, staying an appropriate uh, distance apart from each other so as not to, to spread, the, spread the virus. Uh, and so when we get back to work, um, assuming we're back to work and the virus has been mitigated, uh, people may still want to maintain a distance from each other for a while. So restaurants are going to have to operate probably not at full capacity, but at maybe 70, 80% capacity. Same with airlines. Uh, people are probably not going to want to be stuck next to each other for long flights. Uh, and so airlines are going to have to evaluate how they accommodate the traveling public, uh, given the public's anxiety with what we've gone through and how we've maintained our distance from each other during this time, and then how they uh, build their business back up with what's likely to be less than full capacity. I think it's going to be the biggest challenge when we come out of this. So do you think that trend of working remotely would stay on after this? I'm sorry, I asked that again. Do you think that the trend of working from home or working remotely would stay on even after this is over? Maybe not at the level, but I think it will in some cases. Um, I know many employees are eager to have that happen. Um, and yet many employees are eager to get back to the office because of the social aspects. And, and for, many, for many people that work in collaborative teams, it's just in many ways easier to sit together in a conference room with a whiteboard and work out whatever the challenges are. That's easier than trying to do this across Zoom. Zoom's a great tool and, and other tools like it are very helpful for collaboration but it's not quite the same as being in the room together. And so there probably will be um, more working from home than we had prior to this, but probably not as much as we have now. I think many people would want to get back to work to, to work side by side with their colleagues. Like I said, for collaborative activities, uh, I think about all the planning activities that go in, into the IT space. Um, it's, it's helpful to have many people in the room collaborating together. Uh, that, that's far more productive, I think, 
than doing these things remotely. These are helpful. This is the way we have to work at the moment. But I think in many cases, people will want to get back to work. So the remote work will continue, uh, but not at the level it is now. I think that's also obvious. I mean, people would want to get together after this, you know, long period of social separation and just sitting in isolation, you know, not talking to anybody. So yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, and so, I think some people are looking forward to having their kids go back to school too. Oh yes, <laughs> I think so. So Jim, how do you think consumer behavior will change post-COVID-19? And what are some of the things that the companies can do to prepare for the post-COVID environment? There's so many variables there. Um, like I said, a lot of companies, even now, are furloughing people uh, to to save. You know, they're looking at what variable costs can they cut, so they're uh, where they can cut people or where they can cut some other uh, variable expenses. They're doing that. So when this thing ends, they're going to have to reevaluate which of those people we bring back. Everybody hopes it's everybody. It probably isn't. So uh, the companies are going to have to still ramp back up with you know, something less than 100% of the, of the staffing they had before. How do they adjust for that? Um, they're gonna have to reevaluate re where their suppliers are. Were all their suppliers able to survive this or did some go out of business? Um, and if key suppliers went out of business, they're gonna have to find new suppliers. Uh, same thing's true with customers. Were their customers able to survive this? If they were, great, then they can continue to sell to them. If they went out of business, they're gonna have to find new customers. There's gonna be a lot of changes and a lot of um, scrambling and, and reevaluating how things go forward as they come out of this um, near term. So, um, Jim, any fact, you know, actionable pointers that you'd like to give that people can start work on immediately to, you know, just counter what's coming next? Well, I think, it, I think if an individual on this, listening to this, um, is in a position of leadership at their company, they should begin now kind of laying out um, as, as, they trend, as they're trending downward, uh, and I hate to say it that way, but um, they're not selling as much as they were because their customers are working from home, so they're not able to be sold to as much. Uh, they have to begin evaluating um, what, what's been the impact of this virus on our business. Um, do we have our suppliers? Do we have our customers? Do we have the same access to the talented workforce that we had before? Um, do we have cash on hand that we can continue to move forward and, and build things back up? And you know, what's our line of credit? Have we exhausted that as we suffered through this or do we still have money available for investment? And as they look at that, then they could say, well, what are the five or six things I have to do in the next 30 to 60 days to get moving? Uh, I think companies that prepare for the day we come out of this are gonna be in a better position to possibly even leapfrog some of their competitors. Uh, and those that are waiting until this thing subsides to, to be, then begin planning will be behind the curve. So I would recommend that even today, we don't know when the end is uh, of this quarantine is coming, but we know that it will come. At some point in time, it will come. And so I think the, the appropriate planning activity is to say, what are the five or six things I need to confirm and validate as I begin to move forward so I can build my business back up as quickly as possible and uh, reestablish both where I was in the market and hopefully establish even a better position because I've planned better than my competitors. Thank you so much, Jim. It's been uh, really, you know, illuminating talking to you and uh, pleasure having you with us. Thank you so much for sparing your time. <laughs>